Hello, Tile friends. Welcome back to another episode of Tile Money, the only podcast dedicated to tile contractors running their businesses. We talk about the business of being a tile contractor because that is my passion. That is something I get fired up about. You see, I myself am a tile contractor. My name is Luke Miller. I am your host. And before we get to today's episode, I wanted to thank my sponsors, the NTCA and Ladecree International. Thank you for supporting this podcast. It truly means a lot. Listen, uh, both these companies are investing in tile contractors. They want to see small tile contractors grow as large as they need to or, or you have the desire to because they know that this is good for the business. This is good for the industry, I should say. Of course, it's it's good for your business. We've been hearing some positive feedback from a lot of you saying uh, how, how uh, much more profitable your jobs are. And I appreciate you reaching out and letting us know on social media in the Facebook group, Tile Money, on Instagram, etc., etc. Uh, and and truly, I'm I'm blessed to be a part of that, to have a small part and helping you change your business for the better. So thank you for letting me know. I truly appreciate the support. So today was actually uh, more of a solo episode. I talk about Instagram for leads. I talk about a strategy I, I, I used back in the day that I, I was really using it for local leads, not so much um, as a marketing or uh, not from so much as a social thing. I don't really view these things as social so much as I do for business. So check it out. I got into talking about charging clients for tools when you should do this or when you shouldn't, you know, and uh, it's kind of a controversial subject. So you'll have fun listening to that one. Ron Nash joined us with another Tile Money tip. He talks about systems and processes. Getting focused, laser focused right now is a great time to get focused. And it's really a money grab situation when people are spending money like they are and you're booking your workout. You really want to be focused. You want to really uh, know your numbers. And we talked about all that. We got into some good stuff with Ron Nash. So you'll enjoy that Tile Money tip sponsored by Ladycrete. And of course, uh, he asked me a question. I was getting questions from the audience throughout the whole thing. So I was able to answer them on the fly. I'm using a great software that allows me to go live in Facebook as well as YouTube. So if you're not on Facebook, you can watch live every Thursday afternoon or uh, two o'clock Eastern time. So what is that? 11 Pacific time. And you can ask questions and talk to me while I'm talking to you. It's pretty cool. So someone asked me what business I would like to go back into if I go back into the tile business. So we get into that. And then someone asked me about some mental blocks. And so we get into that. Uh, So I know you're going to enjoy this solo episode. Enjoy right now, tile friends. The first question came from Instagram, and I thought I would touch on this one first. And uh, Shannon asked, "Is how do you leverage social media for sales?" And she she mentioned that she listened to the Ken Balin episode. So I won't focus on Facebook. I'm going to focus on Instagram. And uh, you know, for me, for the sales portion of Instagram and marketing on Instagram, it was always a local effort. In other words, I didn't really care so much about expanding my reach beyond my local territory. And so what I focused on doing was connecting with uh, architects, designers, uh, all other trades people, electricians, plumbers, uh, landscapers, all the trades people locally I could find. I would connect with them. I would always put them on my feed. I would follow them. I wouldn't follow people, really that many people from other states, other counties, 
because it, it, in my opinion, I was on there for business. I was on Instagram for business. Now, you know, there's something to be said on, you know, the community aspect of finding Tyler's that you connect with and, and things of that nature. Certainly there is, but strictly when you want to talk about business and you want to talk about uh, growing and, and expanding, you know, be social with local people. And, and uh, I'll, I'll tell you about a trick I did. Uh, not, not a trick, but <laughs> I'll tell you about one method that I used um, to do this even, even further than I was doing just on my Miller Tile and Stone page. You can go look at my page and, and see how I did it. I, I, I did a lot of, you know, every third post, I did a family picture, you know, uh, at a local scene. Uh, at, if I went to a restaurant, I tagged the restaurant. I found the restaurant. I got the restaurant involved, you know, things of that nature. Um, I, you know, I started conversations. I had lots of DM conversations with local contractors, architects, you know, whatever. I was actually, I went back when she asked, I went back in that old feed, that Miller Tile and Stone uh, Instagram account, and I was searching through my DMs and it was like every other DM was with a local person, not necessarily, you know, somebody from the network of Tyler's. And so that's really what I focused on there was really attempting to connect locally. And that's, you know, that's basically what it's there for. It's, it's there to be social. It's there to show your face and, and your personality and connect on a local level. Now, to take it a step further, I'll, I'll, I'll give you this story of what I did with a, another Instagram account I made. I, I kept listening to these podcast episodes back then. And they were, you know, specifically this one realtor, uh, they were talking about how really what, you, what you're doing is, is you're building a marketing company that just happens to sell tile installation. So once I shifted my mindset like that is everything, then I started searching, okay, marketing company first, marketing company first. And the tile installation was just the byproduct of actually my efforts and, and the marketing. And so I started, I started researching what's hot on Instagram, what's working, what's, what's hot. And, and I, I saw food, you know, food was hot foodies. I, I'm in central California. I mean, everybody's a foodie, right? We're, we're talking about sushi. We're talking about raw food. We're talking about or organic food. We're talking about, you know, all, all kinds of this stuff, vegan, you know, whatever good steak, you know, I'm a meat eater myself, but I, I enjoy everything. I am, I eat just about anything you can put in front of me. So, and I enjoy restaurants and I enjoy cooking. So I, I, I saw food was a hot topic on Instagram, you know, taking pictures of food and, and things like that. And, and then I also kind of combine that with, uh, local efforts, you know, local efforts to connect community and so I created a page and I, I forget what it was called at the moment, but it was something local name that people would recognize. You know, we had this local name, it was San Luis Obispo. So we had this local name S L O slow that everybody, you know, in the area, because it was a, it was a, um, it was really, you know, a lot of different cities, smaller cities, uh, around slow around the slow area, San Luis Obispo. So we had a lot of that community activity, um, but all those communities would recognize that and identify as being a slow resident, you know? <laughs> so what I did is I, I, I made this tag or, or this Instagram page, you know, slow food or, or slow giveaways. I think that's what it was, slow giveaways. So, and what I did is I started going to restaurants and I started buying gift certificates for $25 with my own money. 
And then I, I would eat, you know, I, I would get a meal and then I would buy for $25 the gift certificate on top of my meal. I would take a picture of the meal or of the restaurant and I would hold a contest. I would hold a contest. I said, the first person to guess what restaurant I'm at actually gets this $25 uh, gift certificate to this local restaurant. If you can guess this local restaurant by, the, by identifying the food or identifying, you know, something local, like only a local would know, you know, and I didn't go to McDonald's or Wendy's or uh, Denny's. I went to local spots, you know, so I got really good uh, traction with this because I was giving stuff away, right, with my own money. Eventually, I grew it to the point where these restaurants were actually donating the gift cards. And I and then I started expanding into clothing stores like local stuff, you know, uh, local skate shops, you know, local different stuff that was really local and niche and, and networking and, and enjoying uh, that because I, so, so a couple things happened here. It's an interesting story and I, I hope you are, are enjoying this. It's an interesting story uh, because a couple things happened here. One, I was getting reach locally just from that Instagram page with people that I wasn't reaching with my tile and stone account. Uh, because all types of people like free stuff, right? And it's a local effort, all this good stuff. So I was getting reach, getting in front of people who maybe want to buy tile because in the description, I said, this is sponsored by Miller Tile and Stone. And I'm also a licensed uh, realtor. So I also had a real estate page. So then I put, and Miller Real Estate or whatever that was at the time. So you can see what I'm talking about here where I, I created a marketing brand completely different from my tile brand and, and my tile brand and my real estate brand sponsored the giveaway page. And, and so I was connecting with people, connecting with local businesses. And yes, I did pick up some work that way. So that's how I want you to think outside the box when it comes to trying to generate leads and, and work from things like Instagram. You know, um, LinkedIn's another great strategy as well for connecting with professionals. LinkedIn's done a great job everybody in the world is on there. And because it's less noisy, you can actually connect with local architects, uh, designers, whoever you're trying to get a, get in front of. Um, you can connect pretty easily there. You send them a DM or connect with them. And because it's less noisy than some of the other platforms, and it is a little bit older platform, you know, if you're trying to connect with an older crowd, 50s or 60s, people will, will be on there. All right. So I hope that uh, gave you some value there. What's up, Anthony? Thanks for being here. Uh, we got Matthew Taylor in here. Uh, Matthew, thanks for joining, man. I'm, I'm loving what you're doing on Instagram, and I'm loving your new Facebook page as well. And uh, truly <laughs> a spirited, energetic guy here who loves tile. I love it. And Marcus Aranda is in here. He says, really good stuff. Thanks for watching. We've got, uh, we got five people watching on Instagram too. So thanks for the support, guys. I, I truly appreciate it. The next question I want to um, address is, uh, we've got time for this question. Add a, should you be adding tools to your estimates? Should you add it? So if you're, if you're about to do a job, and there was actually, this was actually crossed my mind recently when someone um, posted a shower, they had bid for three by six subway tile or, or something of that nature. Maybe it was 12 by 24, something, you know, typical. And lo and behold, they show up that day and the homeowner, the client says, I took that tile back. I wasn't wanting that. And I, uh, I have this, 
uh, I think it was two foot by four foot. So 24 inches by 48 inches tile that I want you to install instead. And he was asking you know, what he should charge extra for that. And then he didn't even have the proper cutting board for it. His cutting board maxed out at 24 inches. So he was using a grinder in combination with the 24, uh, uh, maybe it was Ricky. Ricky said, I did on the last job. Was that your job I'm, I'm talking about? Um, so, you know, I thought that buying a new tool and adding that to that job was the perfect example of when, in my mind, it's completely justified to add a tool to the uh, to the estimate, to the job cost, because that was something you did not own. And it's not something that you're installing every day. You're not every day. You're not installing 24 by 48 tile. Um, and so I would say that in those cases, it's completely justified and even uh, easily explained to the client if you want. But if you don't want to explain it, I mean, I, I don't think you really have to. But it, if you wanted to have that open conversation, look, hey, look, uh, I don't have the tool to cut this. You know, uh, you, you switched it up last minute. And I'm going to have to go out and buy this tool. It's a thousand dollar cutter. You know, on top of that, I'm, I'm up charging you $500. Or maybe you want to say, like I had a buddy who used to have all these nice tools, multiple sets of levels. He said, well, I just asked my client to pitch it in and I give him a really good deal. I don't know, you know, however you want to pitch that. But I honestly believe that it is perfectly justifiable to uh, put the cost of specialty tools um, and, and tools that you will burn up on the job. It's, it's 100%, uh, uh, in my opinion, and I know people are going to give me um, their opinions on this, uh, b- believe me, over the years on the John Bridge forums, there used to be a long thread, and it was full of opinions uh, on whether or not to charge the client for a tool. You know, if you're going to burn up a saw blade on their job because it's so large or it's a specialty saw blade, like a glass cutting blade, you know, and those don't last that long or, or whatever the case is, by all means, I would say, you know, charge for the tool. Uh, yeah, we got Wild uh, Workshop, Wild Hair Workshop on Instagram says, I, I always charge for the tools on every single job. So I, I like that, you know, it's our, our for specialty tools. So in my mind, that's that's justifiable. I know other people will say no. Um, yeah, Jacob says new blades, you know, for the jobs. Yeah, I think it's fine. I think, you know, letting the client pay for specialty tools like blades and stuff is, is completely justifiable. The other way to do this is, is honestly to just build it into your overhead costs. Say, Hey, look, last year I spent a thousand dollars on, on new tools. Every so often we have to replace our tools. If you're replacing a DeWalt saw every five years at let's just say uh, $800, let's call it $1,000 every five years. That's 200 bucks a year. That's, uh, you know, 20 bucks a month. So 20 bucks a month overhead costs on a new DeWalt saw. Then you've got blades. Hey, I go through five blades a year. That's 500 bucks. That's, you know, uh, $50 a year on blades. So now you're up to 250 overhead tool costs. So that's the way you break it down. So all these are legitimate overhead stuff. So whatever, however you want to figure it, You've got to figure out replacing your tools in your overhead or direct to the job. Those are the two different ways, either direct to the job or overhead. Those are the two different ways that, yes, you you ultimately need to be charging for every single job. However you want to, you know, put it in your head and justify it in your head is up to you. 
but um, it is a legitimate business expense. And, and technically, you know, most people would say that's overhead. And I agree, it is overhead. But however, it's simpler and, and whatever gets you um, uh, a little bit more profit going quickly. So uh, let's see here. We've got a couple of questions here. Uh, Nick says, I would think a uh, portion of the tool costs. Otherwise, the argument could be made they own the new tool. You know, I, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I've heard it before, Nick. I, I, I agree. I mean, there's no right or wrong answer here, but I, I, I would like your, your feedback, Nick, on what I just said about it, it being a legitimate overhead expense to the business. Now, you know, my cell phone is a legitimate overhead expense to the business. Those are things that I need to be charging for when I charge per job. They don't own my cell phone, but because I have it for work uh, or, you know, I need new tires on my work vehicle. I mean, all these things that you have to be calculating into your overhead. That's, that's where a lot of people's profit gets eat up. A lot of people think they're really profitable when they're not because they're, they, they believe they're really uh, doing good with profit numbers because, because of the large number, but because they're, their tool expense, their cell phone expense, their, their, you know, truck expense, all this stuff is eating up their profit and that's where your profit's going. So honestly, you know, you really have to be looking up at, to all that stuff. We got a couple more comments here and then we're going to get to Ron Nash, pull him in here. Yeah. Tile by design says every hundred jobs, you know, you're going to be replacing your, your equipment. Anthony says, uh, Tack on an extra 50 to 100 bucks for random tools every week. Nick says, I don't disagree. I was just thinking of objections to it. Yeah. I mean, everybody's going to have, you know, some different objections. So let's bring uh, Ron in here and see what he says. Ron, how are you? Hi. <laughs> Sorry, I've been. Uh, okay. You're fine, man. You're right on time. We're, we're having fun. We're, uh, we're getting some good co- conversation about overhead costs. Uh, tool costs direct to, um, to the job or not, you know, this is always something that's fun to debate in the, in the groups. Yeah. So it's very interesting. I think, uh, I, I was in a meeting and I didn't get a chance to pick up the beginning, but I, I, I liked where I was listening. You guys were talking about maybe, um, factoring in how much overhead you should put onto a, onto a job. That's always a great idea. You know, I, I, uh, I believe in that concept for sure. You want to definitely make sure that you're not only that you're taking into account the future needs of the business, right? Mm-hmm. So your current work is paying forward. It's paying for future work. And that's uh, very smart. That's a way to have a business that's around longevity wise, you know? Yeah. Hang on. Yeah. Uh, the Instagram cannot hear Ron. Instagram can't hear me, huh? Well, I'm I'm hacking it in. Instagram doesn't like people going live other than if you just open up the the app directly. And I didn't think about that. They can hear my mic. I've got it. I've got it kind of hacked in. Uh, I apologize, Instagram. Um, I'm trying to think of a quick fix. Uh, I can't think of one. <laughs> it's still it's still a work in progress with with the Instagram thing. Well, they're not gonna learn anything from me anyway. So yeah. this is. <laughs> Um, Instagram, if, if you have to hop off, I understand it's probably going to be boring. Uh, uh, I will put this in the podcast episode in about, uh, three weeks time. You'll, you'll be able to hear this. So Luke, we haven't talked in a while. I know. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, we are, we are, um, absolutely, um, just 
going crazy right now. We're we're really working hard to to fulfill all the all the workers uh, that are coming in, and uh, it's it's um, such an interesting thing. We're we're way off the map as far as like what what do you do in this time right now? Yeah, um, no business book that you can find that you can follow. So a lot of what we're doing is we're going back to basics. You know, when things get chaotic, go simple. Right. Yeah. And um, we're we're just going simple, and, and thankfully it's been really working. And um, we've got just great team of people. That's, you know, you really don't realize how good your people are until you really stress test the organization, so to speak. And, mm-hmm. and everyone's organizations are being stress tested right now, so you're so you're able to see how you guys are financially, how you guys you are, how you are human resources wise, how you are. You know, um, it's just it's really. Uh, your cash reserves, all these things are being tested right now on everybody's business. There's no business in, in America right now that's not uh, in the same boat. And so because of that, um, you know, it's 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 kind of like a bonding thing too. You know, I'm working with people and trying to help out and uh, I can do some things to help them. They're doing things to help us. It's 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 a good uh, it's a good thing, you know, it really is. Oh, that's good. That's good. I know you've you're they got you running over there busier. Yeah, I'm running. Busy than ever. I uh I I got kind of jealous of everybody. I, I mean that sounds terrible. I shouldn't even say that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. I was doing I was doing the TVST thing, our TSVT, you know, the virtual mm-hmm. train show working working really you know hard and and honestly I kind of burnt myself out and I I took a couple of weeks off. Uh, not completely, but I, I did lay around for a little bit and, uh, you know, that, that, you know, I heard a, I heard a good saying today. Uh, I, I messed my routine up, Ron, is what I did. I, you know, that completely messed my routine up, uh, in both directions. I was too busy and then I was too, uh, too relaxed and, and then I got depressed and, and confused and, and, totally. and then now I'm, I, I feel like now I'm, I'm getting back into it and, uh, you know, it's just one of those things. So balance is better. Balance is better. better. It's always better. It's, uh, more, it's actually more difficult too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's uh, human, <laughs> humans don't moderate very well. Right. Either, either you go towards an extreme of being ultra workaholic or an extreme of just, you know, Netflix binging 24 hours a day. It's very difficult to, right. to keep a balance. That, that for me is where, um, I fall back to my flow, my schedule, my mm. my rocks of things that keep me moving, keep me moving forward. You know, I'm a big believer in uh, David Allen's getting things done. Mm. It's a you know as a platform of basic platform of getting things done, and then in that you know he talks a lot about um, having reliable systems. You know, and so I'm a big big believer in reliable systems. Well, I'm not perfect. I mean, everything's a process. I can say that, uh, you know, a lot of the good things that happen in my life are because I have a, I have a system to catch opportunity and I have a system that makes me kind of stay on the ball. Um, otherwise I would, I don't even know where this has been really challenging. So I don't even know where I'd be. Yeah, (laughs) really don't. don't. So just stay with the system. I mean, that right there is a great tile money tip. Stay with the system. (laughs) But what else you got for us, Ron? Have you, have you been pondering any other, any tips? Yeah. So right now, so here, here's the thing. So, so right now, um, there's, there is a saying, okay. And, uh, Warren Buffett, Warren Buffett is credited with it. And it mm-hmm. says, um, when people are afraid, be greedy. And when people are greedy, be afraid. 
right? So um, you can take that into a lot of different ways. But, you know, when you start, start talking about Warren Buffett, I think he was, you know, meaning, you know, when markets are crazy, right? Now's an opportunity for everyone, okay? And I think it's so common for people to lock themselves down because they, because they see bad macroeconomics, right? Macroeconomics are going to be bad. We're not going to see good macroeconomics for a while, folks. Um, this, is, this is what we're under now. And so um, now is a great time to start networking, building, building networks, building that, building that business of processes, building that business that can withstand, withstand some, of, some of the fluctuations that are going to happen in the market. They will happen in the market. So, so now is when you're having conversations about how do I bid work? Do I plan on uh, having a little bit of overhead that I put in the side? Do I have a rainy day fund that I make sure I have uh, access to? These are all fantastic questions. You can't get to those questions until you start systems that help you you know, look at your numbers, know your numbers. How many times have we said to people, you got to know your numbers. You got to know, right. you know, I, I was talking to a contractor just the other day. I was saying, you know, I said, how many jobs do you do before you do a complete cost review? And, you know, I said it that way to see if he's like, oh, I do one every 10 jobs or I do one every one job. You know, it turns out a great company, big company never does cost reviews, never reviews how, how, how'd you do on that last job? And where are the holes in the boat? How do you, how do you fill the holes in the boat? Mm. And um, so I guess to sum it up, you know, systems, processes, know where your numbers are, and then make sure you have a routine that makes it so that you, you know, plan, brief, execute, debrief, improve. Where in the market do you want to niche out? Now it's time to be greedy. It's Mm -hmm. time to get really, really laser focused on your specialty, on what you want to be known for, your brand. What are you going to do when you own that market? If the market is in your area, if there are 500 high-end Bazaza glass tile jobs, mm-hmm. how do you stand out to get 499 of those, right? right. <laughs> and just say, I really love this type of work. Right. And I want to, I want to make it, I want to make it so I'm known. I'm going to go grab market share mm-hmm. right now. Be greedy, go grab market share. Now, a lot of people say, well, you get market share by discounting. You know, I'm just going to be the cheapest, right? On every single thing I want to do, I'm going to, I'm going to make it so that I'm cheap. I'm the lowest cost provider, those kind of things. Now, low co- being a low cost provider of goods is not, not a strategy. Right. It is a strategy and people do do it. And, and by the way, companies do do it. Right. But here's the thing. You got to know the devil you're going to dance with. And the devil you're going to dance with, if you decide to be the market leader in costing and price, is that you're stripping out every single thing that you can strip down. And, and I've worked in businesses, very short, by the way, so I'm not like a long career in them, but I've, I've worked with businesses that wanted to drive that direction. And I'm telling you, the sacrifices and discipline in order to survive in that are immense. You have to have ultra discipline because you don't have the, the revenue coming in to provide the, the, uh, the fudge factor, and sometimes you need fudge factor in business because things happen. It's mm-hmm. projects. Projects are chaotic at best. So, you know, right. we gotta, you got to have that in there. So, so there's one thing. But if, but if I were going to do it right now, and I asked you a question, I hope you, I hope you do answer. If I were going to do it right now, I'd be looking at niche markets. I'd be looking at really, really tooling up to make myself stand apart 
in something that's unique and different. If it's large format, super large, you know, super format installations, right, right. Like your thin porcelain tiles, something like that. You know, if you find that niche right now and you just drive that niche, what you're doing is you're, you're muting a lot of the market forces, right? So if you have just your medium business, run-of-the-mill business that, you know, you do pretty much a little bit of everything, well, you're opening yourself up to more of that market decline, right? If you niche out, you're basically targeting where you're marketing, you're targeting where your efforts, efforts are, and the bigger part is you're able to be laser-focused on skill set, equipment, all, the, all these things that are required that you can set you apart and create a very profitable niche for your business. And I love that idea. I love right. that idea. And I'll even give you some ideas. I'll even give you some ideas. Yeah. So, so let's say, um, you know, you're a, a contractor who does residential showers, residential work. Okay. Well, if last year you were able to land 10, I'm just going to use round numbers if you don't mind. Please, I if, always do. If, if you last year you're able to nail 10 jobs mm-hmm. and boy, this year, this next year looks like it's going to be pretty tough and the marketing coming, you know, the, the calls, the phones ringing, all those things, it seems to be slowing down a little bit. Um, you know, all those things. I would be looking at supplementing and niching out something that I can make the eight jobs that I might win, if you say it's going to be a 20% decline, those eight jobs that I might win, I want those jobs to equal now 12 jobs last year. Mm-hmm. You follow what I'm doing? Yeah. So I'm still planning on growth. I'm growth, still planning yeah. on market share yeah. growth. But because I know my numbers and because I know my market, now I know what additional niches to try to add to my business as marketing efforts in order to grow my business in, in a way, in a, in a downed economy. So this just, one, by the way, there's, yeah. <laughs> there's books this thick of ideas. This is just one single example. Another one that I've been, what I've been doing and, and Laticrate has been providing opportunities for are um, add different areas of the, of the residence. If you're a residential guy, right. add different areas to your, to your work. So we have a great product. You guys could take, take a look at it, see if it's for you, but you look at the Sparta coat line, mm-hmm. you look at adding, adding a garage floor coatings business to your, to your deal. I'm telling you, I've got garage floor guys that, and one day they go in, they do the garage floor, they walk with three grand. Yeah. Done, you know? And so let's think about this. So now you have an additional business that's, that compared to tile is much easier to get into. Right. I mean, tile is much more difficult yeah. in my opinion. Of course, I'm going to have some coatings guy call me and yell at me for saying that. But I'm mean, obviously you can get into super technical coatings, but I'm talking about just the basics, get entry level chip garage floors that you can start adding to a, a, a business relatively quickly. If you know how to do prep on tile, you are already mostly there. And so come to a seminar, add another line of business. Now you're going to the builders that are, that are you're talking to or, or the customers that you're selling to. And you're saying, Hey, just so you know, we also provide this. Let's talk about pimping out your garage. What do you think about that? You know, yeah. understanding that your core customer right now, there are people with money, mm-hmm. no matter what the market is, no matter what the market is, no matter what the market is, people are spending money. As long as you have a competitor, mm-hmm. you have market to get. Mm-hmm. If all your competitors are out of business, that might be a good indication that, you know, things are totally dried up. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so um, there you go. There's a little tip. I, I don't know whether it's super useful for people, but 
You no, know, I, I, I think that um, people that are that are doing that. And by the way, because I believe in I believe in tile money. I definitely do not want to just make this about Laticrete. This is just concepts. If it's not Laticrete coatings that you guys get into, go find somebody. Yeah. I'm just giving you an idea. Yeah, I, I recently had a, well, you know, first of all, I, I think those are two very applicable uh, examples. The one yep. example I actually experienced, the first example where uh, you you know you're going to work less or, or your goal is your goal is to work less, to do more jobs, but to increase profit. I actually did that in my, in my business, uh, successfully. Um, you know, I, I, I took the amount of jobs that I had one year and the amount of the average job, you know, was I sold at X, you know, let's say just $5,000. And so I said, I'm working way too hard to have that many jobs out there, that much liability. And the average one is only, you know, I said, let's, let's bump it up. And so the next year, I think I, my average job was like 7,500. I did less jobs. I, I had less stress. I had more time at home. And, and so that's a very applicable uh, job model for anybody, but especially the smaller contractor with a, with maybe an apprentice or a couple people or, or by himself. That's something that I really encourage small companies to do. Uh, that's probably, you know, a very intelligent thing to do. Uh, the second example, I, I really like that example as well with the garage coatings. In fact, that, did I miss that webinar? I signed up for it. I, I don't think I got it. Well, we, we have them, we have them ongoing. So oh, okay. they're, they're ongoing all the time. So yeah. You know, keep your eye open. Laticrete Insight Track, we have them posted there. Keep your eye open. Yeah. Yep. And Joe um, Joe backs it up. He says, thanks to you guys, I'm doing less and making more. I love it. Dude, Luke, that was our vision in the beginning. That that's our it. vision in the beginning. If if Joe makes all this worthwhile, yeah. that's exactly yeah. that's exactly why I participated in the beginning. And I know that's why you started this whole thing. Yeah. That's the deal. The business of tiling is a very good business. If anybody tells you it's not, they I don't know what they think, how they think business works. Right. It's very good. Yeah. You've got a lot of opportunities. And by the way, I use coatings as an example, but I could go back and say, why don't you add, you know, really robust expertise in cleaners and sealers and, and stone restoration. Right. I mean, right. there's, there's fantastic things right at your fingertips. That's my point. Right. And at, right, at, right at your fingertips. Yeah. I'll throw out another example. That's not a Laticrete product, you know, since you, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Damien Ryan, you know, is learning how to plaster uh, shower walls. I guess there's this new thing, uh, yeah, waterproof cool. shower walls. I think that's cool. You still you still have the tile prep. You still have the tile floor, most likely probably some some bathroom tile. But the walls are are different. They're plaster. It's a different look. I, I almost hate, you know, because this is tile money, I, I almost hate giving examples like that, but it's a reality. And and ultimately this is a business podcast. And like Ron said, you like Damien's still going to set tile. He's just now sure. got this other thing that he offers as well. Well, and my thing, what I like about these things is think about as a customer dealing. So take Damien. So Damien, I go to him and I say, hey, you know what? Hey, I want a cool shower. Mm -hmm. The portfolio winds up right. uh, showing expertise, right? Hey, right. I can do an awesome glass shower for you. I could do a car, you know, literally, have you seen carved uh, plaster? People are doing carved plaster. They're doing all these, all these other things, you know, so there's all these other things that you can add to your business that just make you so much more. And you should be looking at being so much more than just a tile guy. Oh, he's just a tile guy. He's just a tile guy. That's the best tile guy I've met right. because we've got this, you know. And and I think that I think that those are, are ways that man. If I were to 
go work for somebody who's in this business, I'd be, I'd be saying, we've got to kind of just broaden our scope. Let's widen our scope. Mm. Let's make those eight jobs equal 12. Let's, let's make, let's do less, make more. And then, uh, you know, heck to blend this, blend this tip in and make it really, really wander. You got to take care of yourself right now. You got to take care of yourself right now. And, uh, Ooh, stress is all over the place right now. And so if you don't have a, a stress management program, you're missing it. You're missing yeah. out. You really need to, if, I don't care what that is. I, I don't care what it is, but I need you to have something that if I were to talk to you and say, how do you deal with stress? You have something to say. I go on a walk. I walk my dog. I, right. I hunt. I hang out. I hang out in the, in the forest. I don't care what it is. It really doesn't matter. You can meditate on the beach every day. Great. Yeah, yeah. But I need you to be able to say, this is how I manage my stress because the world is getting twisted and in, in just under a pressure cooker right now. Yeah. And if you think you're above that and it's not affecting you, then you're not a human being. Everybody's getting affected. I've noticed myself, believe me, uh, you know, I've noticed myself, I'm going to go, Oh man, take a breath. Why are you so upset? Why are you so, why are you so ratcheted up right now? And what I don't realize is that I'm kind of mirroring the insanity in the world. Oh, and I got to yeah. be able to manage your stress. Yeah. Yeah. No, it. that's what a lot of people are dealing with right now. I, I talked about this in, in yesterday's episode that, that just launched last night. Um, but, but a lot of people are dealing with too much work now. You know, they're saying yeah. now all my clients want me to come now but you know, these people were pushing me off due to COVID. Our orders are showing that by the way, oh, our, our orders. Remember when I said, you remember what I said, Luke, dude, I said it went, when, when the the smart break. people, when they come out of the blocks, this is going to be crazy. And it is happening. It is yeah. happening. We are, we're getting crushed in and, some places right now. And, and take advantage of it. Like Ron said, well, look, when people are, uh, what did you say? When people are afraid, when, make, when people are afraid, be greedy. Yeah. When people are greedy, be afraid. That's that's a uh, that's Warren Buffett, man. They don't call him the Oracle for nothing. And, um, and honestly, like it might not last that long. So, no. I, those of you who have months and months of work, like double, you know, raise those prices because you know you have to think about the future. You have to think, well, what if, what if what if this? What if that? You know, you know. So you're not if you're not studying negotiation and practicing and practicing negotiation right now. You're missing it. You're missing out. You're missing out. And if I was on anybody's board, I'd be, I'd be looking at the balance sheet and I'd be looking for those rainy day funds. I'd be looking for those emergency funds. I'd be looking for, you know, planning for the future funds. Um, you definitely sock things away. Make sure you've got a little cash reserves just in case we hit turbulence again. Um, everything you're selling right now, um, you know, got to be careful and, and just be conservative. And build a business methodically, mm-hmm. but yeah. you know, Luke, I want—I I, got to tell you—I'm I'm loving it. I'm loving watching what's going on with Tile Money. Congratulations! Oh, You're building you. something awesome here. Um, I, I just love—I love it. I, I love the fact that uh, you know, I, I feel like um, we've been talking about it for a long time, and I see and I see what's going on here, and I'm just so happy you've you've hit a market you've hit it you've hit a seam of people that uh really care about what you're doing and i and i'm glad you're doing it really am 
Appreciate that, Ron. Uh, appreciate you and everything you're doing. Uh, we've got people. I mean, we've got Chris Steinhouse just calling in, watching from Australia. He said they're busy. Awesome. I mean, we're reaching a worldwide, you know, audience. Yeah. Matthew Taylor, he's in uh, the UK. You know, I mean, we're we're really reaching a lot of people, and you know, it is growing. And I, that's the only reason I'm still doing it. Honestly, I, you know, it's it's an interesting thing to do this, um, and I'm enjoying it. I, I am enjoying it. it um, uh, you know, like everything, there's learning curves and, and things mentally I have to overcome. But, uh, uh, Kobe, you, mean you didn't go UK, to podcasting school. I didn't go to podcasting school. You don't, you don't have a degree in that. <laughs> oh, you must not, then obviously you're not yeah. good at it. Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> well, listen, Ron, I'll let you uh, go. I uh, appreciate that tip. I am going to cover a couple more subjects. I, I, you asked me that question about, um, which business or which direction I would do it if I had to do it all over again. So I'm going to answer that. And, and then Ken Hyde asked me what, what kind of head trash I deal with. So that's going to take yeah. the rest of the day, actually. <laughs> hey, listen, if I, you don't want to crack my skull open, boy. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. you know, you know, that's the most interesting thing. Um, we all deal with it from, yeah. from the most high level CEO down to, uh, you know, the guy who doesn't have a job or, you know, uh, well, financial, financial things are tough. Any, all of them. All of them, you never, you know, it's like, um, you never get away from that. That's part of the struggle. I mean, if it was, if it was like, um, you know, if it was super non-stress and anybody could do it, it was super easy. Then, then the world's finances would look completely different. It's difficult. It's very hard. And, um, that, that's why I had to say the other, the other thing, you gotta worry about stress. You gotta worry about your own noodle, right? 90% of the stuff that you break and, and, mistakes that you make are because you haven't been managing your mental state and uh, you're reactive or you've, you haven't thought about things uh, uh, ahead of time. I think that's a big thing too, but Luke, you're a good man. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me for the tip. I hope that uh, I, I, yeah, I hope, I hope everybody who listens gets just one thing out of it and says, Hey, I want to, I'm going to try that. You know, even if it's going out to the woods and uh, walking your dog and reducing some stress. Great. We just won. I'm going to be going live uh, weekly, maybe a couple times a week. So if you, if you want to jump in for the tips, you're always welcome, Ron. Uh, it's easier. It's, it makes it easier for me on the back end. Um, Awesome. And if anybody wants to ask any questions of me, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm an open book, as you know, I'm, I'm more than happy to answer any questions. And, uh, um, yeah, I just appreciate the support that we get from our customers. I got to tell you, I, I, I love our customers, man. They're some of our best friends. Uh, they're some of my best friends personally and professionally. And, uh, I'm so thankful that, um, a lot of, a lot of my friends are doing really well right now. Nice. And, and, uh, I do have some friends that are struggling. So I have to say, you know, some people are struggling and, um, if you're struggling, that's kind of what I meant the beginning of this tip about. If you're not struggling and you're just going, uh, you know, balls to the walls, as the kids say, if you are, um, God bless, focus on efficiencies, bank a little bit of that money for a rainy day, just in case you need it. Yeah. Tip from Uncle Ron. Yeah. Just, you may, you may not need it. I hope you don't. And if you don't buy yourself a new truck next year. Right. Right. You know, yeah. and enjoy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right on. All right. All right, Ron. Well, take care. Have a, have a good week and a good weekend. Appreciate you. Thanks, Luke. Much, much love, brother. All right, guys. So it's always good to hear from Uncle Ron, uh, really bringing the heat, bringing a lot of value to us. And again, you know, truly appreciate Lady Crete's support uh, um, on, on this endeavor of mine. Um, 
and uh, and really they've added a lot to Tile Money podcasts in the Tile Money Facebook group as well. So I've got uh, two more questions from the audience, unless some a third one comes up here while I'm talking. Uh, let me just check if any more questions came in. Um, so just put them in the comments. But uh, you know, like I said, Kyle said, "What's the biggest head trash?" I think I'm gonna I'm gonna do that last. And <laughs> and Ron actually asked me in in the group when I when I announced the live here earlier today. Excuse me. He asked uh, if I was gonna start a tile business over again, what would I specialize in? And honestly, you know, I th- the first kind of things that ran into my head were the concrete coatings that he talked about. I've, I've actually had my eye on those for years, you know, at, I wanted to add that to my arsenal, but I never did. Uh, but because he said tile business, uh, you know, that's a hard one for me. Um, I, I really have to think about, uh, about my vision, about what I personally want. And that's how, that's how I want you to think about your businesses is what do you personally want here? What do you want to build? What do you want to grow? So for me personally, like I, 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 I want to be off the tools. I, I don't really, it's not my thing. Uh, I, I, I never really considered myself an artist and I'm at the point now to where, uh, I'm six foot four, my body and my mental state when I'm installing tile are, are fairly poor. And I, I don't enjoy uh, life after work when I'm installing tile all day, every day. So uh, although I do, when I do install tile, I, I do enjoy most um, uh, handmade tiles, uh, different stuff like that, rough, like Mexican tiles. I've worked with a lot of Mexican type stuff, like handmade stuff, imperfect stuff. It's kind of funny. Most tilers don't enjoy it. I do. So I, I was always thinking if I was going to stay on the tools, I would specialize in custom handmade tiles. Um, now, the reality of it is it, today, because I don't even want to do do that every day, uh, I would do the the LFT, the the um, the thin panels, the large format panels, uh, gauge porcelain tile panels, whatever you want to call them, GPTP, right? Uh, the massive stuff. I, I I would have to dive into that uh, for a couple reasons. Um, one. Uh, they're pushing it. These manufacturers and the tile industry as a whole are pushing it. They're mar- they're doing the marketing for us. Uh, it's coming to a city near you or is in your city, whether you want it to be or not. So it's already going to be there. Clients are already going to be questioning about it. They're going to be looking for installers. They're going to be looking for contractors who can specialize this. And it, it's newer, so there's not as many. And, and like Ron was saying, if you can grab that market share now, uh, tool up, really, you know, market yourself as the expert there. You could really build yourself uh, a nice little business or large business, however you want to do it. Uh, being the specialty contractor who does the large format tile, the the GPTP, and and that's the direction I would I would have to go. Um, I like it, you know. I, I I like the way it looks. I I there's a lot of easily sellable things about it. You know, less grout joints. A lot of people don't like grout in the shower. Uh, so there's a lot of different upsells, uh, easy selling points, topics to sell and charge more. So that's where I would go. I would do uh, GPTP business, honestly, um, just for those reasons. And Chris says uh, he's very interested. Oh, uh, I'm very interested in panel installation also. Even here in West Virginia, I've had a couple of clients ask about them. So yeah, it's just going to keep getting more and more. And Brad Denny says, uh, come to Nashville and hang out with us on a project. I would love that, Brad. 
I, I, I would really enjoy that. Thanks for the invite. Um, I'll probably take you up on that. I actually would like to um, do some uh, v- video uh, and podcasting stuff on on projects. Um, that would be really cool. And then we could sit down and talk about, you know, why you came up with the price, the job, you know, the different aspects of the job business-wise uh, along with kind of some real-time footage. That would be fun. Uh, I'm actually going to try to make that happen uh, this weekend with uh, a good guy, uh, Malcolm Campbell. He's in, he's down here in Orlando on a job, and uh, it's a different kind of job. It's a commercial job, and I'm going to attempt to get my butt over there on Sunday um, and, uh, and and sit down and talk with him about that job and, and go get some pictures and some videos. So I'm gonna I'm gonna see if that if that can work out for me. So now Kyle asked me uh, what. Yeah, Ricky says the thin panels are, are super expensive compared to normal tile. Um, you're right. You're right. They are uh, big time. Um, you know, what's interesting about it, what what I'm seeing is the value, you know. If the value is in the client's mind, it, it doesn't matter. You know, price is not an objection. And, and if it's new and you can sell it, then they're, they, they don't care. They're not going to, they're going to, they're not going to compare that. I mean, you can see this with bath fitters. You can see this with all these kind of newer, you know, more gimmicky stuff that people sell like bath fitters. They're selling at a, at triple quadruple the price that we tile installers install a shower because of what they offer. Their value is there for their clients. They found their client base. They offer financing and they're in and out in a day. And that's what their clients value. So the, these clients will pay $10,000 for a plastic tub surround. You don't think they'll pay 10, you know, you can find the client who will pay $10,000 for a, a thin panel job, you, shower. You really can. They're out there. And honestly, like with today's technology, one thing I've been wanting to focus on is offering financing to your clients. A lot of people, you know, poo-poo that and, and think that's a gimmick or think that's a bad thing. I, I think there's... There's got to be, uh, and I, I'm going to do some research for you guys because there's got to be a way you can get your, you know, have your cake and eat it too, right? Get get paid, but yet your clients are actually paying the bank and paying the interest. And, you know, there's got to be a company out there in this day and age who does that. And I've been seeing some ads, and I've been trying to reach out to some of these people to get them on a, on the podcast. So. All right. So Kyle Hyden says, what's the biggest head trash that I personally deal with and, and how do I deal with that? So, (laughs) so for me, for me, Kyle, um, uh, honestly, this is, uh, this is, uh, the belief that, um, this is, this is money. This, this is money for me. It's, it's, it's a belief that I, I can't, you know, or shouldn't earn a certain amount of money and, and, and go beyond that. Uh, I don't know why or where, you know, I, I mean, I do know why and where I'm not going to get into it, but it, honestly, like I, you know, I, I keep, if I make X amount, you know, I, I always, you know, have a way in my head, you know, without really understanding why or what's happening, I spend it or I lose it or, you know, this happens and I always keep at this level that's comfortable for me. And that's a real problem. Something that I am working on, uh, and working on ways to get over that because, you know, it's, it's complete, uh, BS. Um, so that's, that's my head trash is, is, is believing that I'm not good enough to go to the next level, you know, financially believing that finance, you know, money is the root of all evil and, and things of this nature. 
and the fact of the matter is those are all lies that I, I, you know, gotten installed in my head, um, from other people. And, and that's just, you know, a personal thing that I'm working on. And once I realized that, you know, I started working on that and it's taking a while, but I, I'm making some headway with it. And, and so I think that's, you know, common to a lot of contractors. I, I, I identify with, a lot of tile contractors, when they say things like, oh, you can't charge that, you're ripping your clients off. You know, if, if I charge that much, I'd be a millionaire. You know, all these little things they say, um, it's, we all struggle with this. Richard says, same here. Uh, you know, it's, it's common for, you know, we've all picked this trade for similar reasons because we're similar people. And, and so together, together we're all in kind of similar, you know, uh, head trash areas, right? I can't charge that much in my area. Oh, well, you can do that over there on that side of the coast, but I can't get that here. Uh, it's, it's wrong to make X, it's wrong to make a hundred dollars an hour. It's wrong to make $200 an hour. I can't justify that to my client. You know, all this stuff when it, 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 at the end of the day, it's not wrong to, to be wealthy. It's not wrong to make money. Um, it's not wrong to charge what you want to charge. That's between you and your clients. That's between you and um, you and your clients. At the end of the day, if they if they if they're if if you're worth five hundred bucks an hour to them, that's that's their business and it's their you know right to spend their money how they want. And uh, Kyle says money is a tool. You're absolutely right. Money is a tool. And uh, you know why shouldn't we all be millionaires? Well, honestly, like a million dollars is pretty much the you know, now getting to be like the standard. <laughs> I know when we were growing up, it was like, oh, a million dollars. But, you know, these days with with uh, the way prices have gone up and as contractors, uh, it really takes a lot to, to run a business. It's shocking. You know, when I interviewed Dirk Sullivan and, and, and talked to him about job costing and pricing, he said, honestly, it's just shocking how much this costs to do it right. And that's, that's where I got to the point with my contractor business in California, the way they, the state on top of the federal taxes and the way, you know, all the insurances and different things. It is just shocking how much it costs to build something and to do something. And that's why, you know, the prices, when we talk about prices, when I interview or, or, or people are commenting in the group and they really know their numbers, it is shocking to contractors that don't know their numbers. And that's, and that's the difference. And when I realized that, you know, a few years ago, when I realized that that was the reality of what was going on is my prices were where they are just because it's, they had to be. And it was shocking the, the difference. And I, you know, you get to the point where like, I can't explain why everybody's half of me without just saying like, the only thing that I can figure is they're cutting corners and they're not really running a business. And, and so when it, when it gets to that point, you understand like, this is crazy. Like just to be a contractor, you know, it, it does. And uh, so that's it, you know, just reading some contact, con, you know, charge what you want. Kobe says it's so true. Like, you know, the kettle don't go on. <laughs> Uh, must be a UK joke or inside joke there. Not sure. 
So that's it. Um, Richard says it's worth it if you have goals. If not, it's just a paper shuffle. Exactly. So what are we doing? Uh, you're building a business to succeed and to profit and to give back to your communities and, and to live the life that you need to live. So it's a quarter to six here. I'm going to jump off the mic. Uh, truly appreciate everybody staying in and, and taking part in the conversation. I really like this format where we're, we're doing it together. Johnny says I'm in Charlottesville and, uh, been looking to open shop and only do large panels. I love the idea uh, to find the right clients, though. It's going to be a challenge. You know, I, I, you can do it, Johnny. I, I love it, man. I Keep in touch with me. Definitely let me know how that journey is going. Uh, maybe we can schedule an interview and definitely talk about it anytime uh, here for you. So, oh, Matthew said, if they don't offer you a drink, the prices go up. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, I, I get it. Put the kettle on. Yeah. Show some hospitality, huh? <laughs> Good stuff there, Matthew. Anthony, you're welcome. Uh, it's my pleasure to be doing this. It's a privilege, and uh, I'm I'm enjoying it, and uh, I continue. I'll continue to do it as long as people continue to see value. So, thank you all again for joining me. I'm gonna um, hop off the mic right now and, and go spend some family time and get dinner. Uh, see what's on. See what's on the stove. Uh, my lovely wife is. Uh, cooking something tonight so i'm looking forward to that hope you all have a great night and stay profitable out there tile friends all right tile friends i hope you enjoyed that episode uh got got some uh good conversation going and i hope you can join us live next week join us every thursday at two o'clock look for the the link to join or the announcement on instagram typically wednesday or thursday morning i'll put that out there so Until we talk next week, stay profitable out there, tile friends.